well, you have a struggle. Don't, yeah. don't sit there and struggle with it for three weeks and get yeah. frustrated. Bring it to the table. Let's address it and let's move on from there and figure out how we can either make you understand it or adjust the system so it better works within your capabilities. Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now, here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the WBS Podcast. I'm Sam Gupta, your host and principal consultant at digital transformation consulting firm Elevate IQ. Getting in front of more customers is typically the response of most manufacturers that might have sales performance issues or ambition to grow their sales. But you need a formalized sales process and deep understanding of why you might be losing your current deals or how to find the next cohort of customers that might be similar to the ones you currently might have to be successful. Also, unless you have a well-adopted CRM for your sales team, it's hard to formalize the sales process and get the insights that might be meaningful for your sales leadership to create strategies that might help them get the desired results. In today's episode, our guest, Josh Curcio, shares his insights on CRM onboarding best practices for manufacturers in the metal industry. He also discusses why most manufacturers don't have visibility into their sales performance problems unless they have a formalized sales process and collect data that is meaningful to create a feedback loop for the sales process. Finally, he discusses the specific CRM process and data issues for the metal industry. Let me introduce Josh to you. Josh Curcio is COO, partner at Protocol AD Incorporation, which is an inbound agency that partners with manufacturers and B2B healthcare companies to create and deliver lead generation and sales strategies. Josh is an accredited HubSpot certified trainer and leads the HubSpot user group in Rochester, New York. With that, let's get to the conversation. Hey, Josh. Welcome to the show. Hi, Sam. Thank you for having me. Of course, my pleasure. It's going to be so exciting because the kind of stories you are going to have related to CRM is going to be so fascinating for our listeners. Just to kick things off, do you want to start with your personal story and if your current focus, Josh? Sure. So I am a big advocate of uh, incorporating a CRM or customer relationship management tool, not only at a business and making sure that everyone's using it, but making sure that they're using it and it's something that they're comfortable with and they're not coming in every day yep. super frustrated with a piece of software that they have to use. I've been working personally with manufacturing businesses over the last 15 years okay. um, and have experienced the struggles when they're forced into a system yep. uh, like 
maybe their ERP system and their CRM aren't talking and they're yep. just constantly battling back and forth, or they don't have access to the data that they need because potentially everything's in, in, a, in a spreadsheet or in their email platform. It's just um, in the manufacturing space has been a consistent, consistent struggle for far too long. So I'm a big advocate of, of making sure that they're using the CRM yep. um, and have a strong bias personally towards the HubSpot CRM. Yeah, amazing. So obviously, it's going to be really interesting to dig into all of those stories, you know, the companies that are able to use the CRM and the companies that are not able to use the CRM, if they are not able to use, why they are not able to use, we'll dig into all of that. But before that, we have one of these standard questions that we ask every single guest. And that is going to be your perspective on business growth, Josh. So, you know, every business or at least most businesses, I think, um, inherently want to grow. You know, there's very few businesses that I ever work with or talk to that's like, eh, I'm just kind of complacent where I am, right? But in order to grow, um, you need to have uh, not only leads, but you need to be able to take those leads and turn them into actual revenue for the yep. business. One of the disconnects or one of the challenges that we've or that I've um, experienced in working with manufacturers is um, there's so many things that are just poking holes in the overall um, sales experience and overall sales environment in manufacturing. Yeah, that I think that there's certain steps that need to be taken place for true business growth. One of those being CRM, right? We need to have the platform there to be able to input our activities and track and see where people are and follow through with, with those individuals. But at the same time, so many manufacturing companies, they don't understand what their close rate is. Yeah. They just, they have no idea. So if you want to grow, you know, you have to know, you know, what are my growth goals yeah. and how many leads, how many conversations does our sales team need to be having uh, to be able to achieve those goals? Um, they don't have a process in place. Yep. Like if I'm a sales rep, I need to know that here's our process. That's not only important to make sure things don't fall through the cracks, but if I'm trying to scale and grow and I bring new people into yep. the sales team and there's no process, it's just kind of like, all right, you're, you're set free. Try to make whatever it is that you have in front of you work, yep. right? Yep. And then I think the other thing uh, that I've seen from a business growth perspective and so many manufacturers, I think, can agree on this. When I'm an owner or executive at a, at a manufacturing company, I have no second thoughts about investing in machinery and capabilities, right? Like it's, it's an easy, it drives revenue yeah. because I can run a new line, I can produce a new part, I can achieve new tolerances, whatever it is, right? Yeah. But when we think about software and things about that that work in the more office setting where you don't you can't tie it specifically to revenue. Yep. Manufacturing executives and owners struggle at at seeing that as a as an investment for growth of their business. Instead, they look at it as an expense and maybe a new headache. But it's really kind of handicapping the people that need all of that to kind of support the business growth. So it's like it's a it's a collision, but all of that stuff is just so important for like serious bottom line and business growth and making sure that you have a scalable, predictable kind of sales engine, as opposed to just waiting on referrals and trade shows and things hopefully happen. Yeah. So being a podcaster, one of the benefits that I have is I get to talk to a lot of people. 
Okay, and when I have people who are trying to sell their machines, they are complaining that, you know what, manufacturers don't really invest in new machines. <laughs> then we have people from the ERP world or people from robotics world, everybody is sort of trying to complain that manufacturers don't really invest money. Obviously, manufacturers have their own priorities in terms of what they want to do. They understand everything, but, you know, obviously a little, if I compare it with different industries, the other industries have far more adoption if you think about marketing automation, if you think about the, the formalized sales process, what you meant to say. So, so let's talk about the CRM onboarding is what you really wanted to talk today, right? So in terms of CRM on, onboarding, when you work with different customers, do you find any specific stages of maturity when you are working with them? So maybe pick a couple of stories where they were in the journey, what was their understanding like when they thought of either marketing automation, formalizing the sales process, systemizing the processes, what were their reservations, what was the behavior of the sales team, how mature was sales team, where they came from, did they have any sort of this experience in terms of new content development, new marketing, new sales. So pick a couple of stories and, 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 and paint some colors for us in terms of CRM onboarding. Sure. So let's let's start with one where it's a typical kind of situation for us. Okay. It's a multi-generational manufacturing company that's been, you know, handed down from parents to children to parents to children, sometimes even more levels of yep, that, yep, right? Yep, yep. In most cases, they've been doing things the same way for an incredibly long time. Yeah. Um, across the board, not just sales, it's just pretty much everything, operationally, sales, whatever, right? Yeah. Um, the maturity level of the sales processes and the sales understanding is very, um, it's missing. It's almost non-existent. Okay. Not that they're bad salespeople. Yeah. I, I, I definitely don't want to, uh, to state that because um, they're very good at building relationships with the people that they're able to have conversations with. But all of those things would be for a uh, multi-generational manufacturing company in the metals industry. Okay. Contract manufacturer typically going to be second or third in the supply chain. They're not producing their, their own part. They're producing yeah. a part for someone else. Potentially, okay. it goes into someone else, right? Yeah. Company itself, I believe, is 75 years old, Okay. Um, has seen consistent growth or experienced consistent growth for the okay. first 40 to 50 years yeah. and kind of stagnant um, stagnant sales uh, in the more recent 10 to 15 years prior to aggressively wanting to focus and say, we have to change something, Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, they were still getting work from the, the steady customers that they were getting work from. Yeah. But as with many manufacturers had seen that they need to diversify a bit because if company XYZ goes away, yep. you know, there goes 60 to 70% of our revenue, yep. which is a major impact to the overall business. Yep. With that and coupled with that, you have a very, let's say, legacy sales team, yep. difficult to use technology, yep. um, really kind of set in their ways. And they know all the people in the industry. That's yep. been a consistent phrase from many, many salespeople. They commonly have the mindset of, well, we can get more business. People just don't know that we, we do this or we have this capability. That's kind of the thing that they're going from. And they think that if we can just get in front of a few more people, we can sell them. So yep. that's their, their usual approach is how do yep. we get in front of more people? Well, we go to trade shows, yep. maybe we call our current client base, maybe we 
maybe we ask for referrals, yeah. things like that. Yeah. Then they they attempt to move into the next level, right? From a sales and lead gen perspective, we've uh, we saw this company invest in uh, industry specific ad advertising. Yeah. Um, part of a printed publication. Yeah. Um, that is also tied to uh, a trade show, and I think the investment was around the um, the the lines of twenty to thirty thousand uh, dollars for uh, investing in that to help drive leads um, in a more traditional manner. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the outcome of that was nothing, Okay. right? The outcome was we placed the ad, we, we paid the advertising bill. We didn't get any calls. We didn't get any net new customers. Yeah. Uh, we didn't even get new work from our current customer base from new, doing new lines, new parts, whatever that may be, okay? Yeah. At that point, they realized, well, we need to step and modernize this a little bit. Okay. Um, their perspective of modernizing something is essentially changing the website. Okay. Which, you know, to a certain extent, that's powerful, but there's so many other things that need to tie yep. to just changing the website. Yep. You need the leads through the website. You need the sales team to have, as I mentioned, the process to follow up with yep. those leads log the activity and make sure that things were moving along. Yeah. In this point in time, they were using, I believe, uh, the job boss ERP system. Yeah. yeah. There is a, a CRM component to job boss, yeah. but it's yeah. tied to an ERP and it's yeah. more of an ERP than a CRM system. Yeah. So they saw those challenges there first. And then uh, we're looking at other solutions to say, all right, well, we know we're going to, we're getting these new leads in eventually after marketing and all of that. Yeah. Where are we putting them? At that point, we explored the HubSpot CRM yeah. uh, with them, starting with the free CRM yeah. uh, at that point in time, just so there was something yeah. uh, that the legacy sales team could use in a fairly simple manner. Yeah. And that was kind of the ultimate goal of theirs was to say, well, let's let's take a stepping stone approach. Let's use the base tools. Yeah. So that we we don't take this legacy sales team that doesn't even like to use their mobile device yep. to using a modern CRM. Yep. So at that point in time, we met with the sales team. Uh, we met with the executive team, the owners. Yeah. And outlined what their what their traditional processes were you know yeah. if they get a an rfq yeah you know what are what are the steps that they take to understand the 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 requirements the the tolerances the production yeah. volume the on time delivery or whatever that may be yeah and how do we make it so that these reps at the time i think the sales team was maybe 5 uh, inside sales reps and a couple outside sales reps, as well as a couple uh, manufacturing reps that weren't employees, but outside contractors. Okay. Um, so we needed to be able to take all of this information from these various teams yeah. and consolidate it in one space without overwhelming any of them. Yeah. Inevitably, somebody's going to be overwhelmed and, and have their struggles. Yeah. Um, but what our plan was, was to say, well, if we can understand their process today um, and have the bare minimum information there and accessible at their fingertips, how can we make this uh, system work for them? Yeah. So from there, customized the free CRM, trained the team, both all together 
yeah. and train the separate teams uh, accordingly. Yeah. And um, essentially had them use and experience the CRM hands-on. Yeah. From there, we moved into a more one-on-one sales or CRM training approach where we met with each individual person to work on their specific challenges uh, with the CRM. Yeah. I would say, honestly, the struggle was a bit greater than uh, than anticipated. The, the, uh, The training and onboarding, when we think about me as someone that is very comfortable with technology yeah. that grew up with technology and that understands the system and trying to teach someone that might be not as comfortable let's say the average age of the sales rep in that case was uh, probably minimum 55 yeah uh, older I w- oldest i would say late 60s yeah uh, at that point in time still still involved you know still a a, a worker and uh, a hard worker but at the same time, probably not incredibly comfortable with technology. Yeah. So while we anticipated a one-on-one training, being able to uh, get over those hurdles, yeah. I would say it it did not get over all of those hurdles. Yeah. Um, there were still many struggles after that point from the team, but I guess where the win was, was just staying after it Yeah. Um, and reinforcing to ownership that it's it needed to come from the top. Like it couldn't come from us to say you have to use the CRM. Yeah. Right. It had to come from ownership. It had to come from the top down to say this entire organization has buy-in. Yeah. And everyone needs to be using this. And whatever hurdles we have to overcome, we have to overcome them. And it just took that constant reinforcement and continual training and support. And it wasn't, when I say training, I don't necessarily mean we sat in one hour training sessions with these people, these individuals at all times, but it was also to say, all right, well, you have a struggle. Don't, yeah. don't sit there and struggle with it for three weeks and get yeah. frustrated. Yeah. Bring it to the table. Yeah. Let's address it. Yep. And let's move on from there and figure out how we can either make you understand it or adjust the system so it better works within your capabilities. Yeah, yeah. Fast forward, I think they've been on the system five years at this point. Yeah. Um, Still using it, Uh, deals are still flowing through and not only uh, net new deals, but they actually take all current customer deals, jobs coming through and align them with purchase orders and production numbers, and they can use this as a more comprehensive system while still yeah. using their ERP to operate the day-to-day business at the facility. Okay, so uh, you know, in this story, I don't know if you have any specific examples of the challenges and the reason why these specific examples are going to be important. So let's say if I'm the same manufacturer and I need to go through the same journey, okay? You know, I may have the same business and I need to know what kind of challenges am I going to encounter? What is going to be my journey like? How much budget should I be planning? What kind of issues are these guys going to get sure. during this journey? So do you have yeah. any specific examples of what were the issues? I understand the age factor. I mean, see, the there might be a lot of young people who could have the same challenges as well. I think that's more of the attitude as well in terms of how open, how receptive you are in learning, how curious you are, and how uh, whether you really appreciate what is happening and understand you know, how this is really going to impact the business. So do you yeah. have any specific examples of what were the challenges and what you had to do to really address and get the buy-in from the leadership that you mentioned that, you know what, we are just the consultant. 
we can describe the process but that has to come from from the top that you know you need to figure out how to manage your guys or you know it's probably not going to work yeah um so let, let's talk through some of those specific challenges that those teams were having i would say the number one challenges were was the understanding and the actual logging of all activities and not just like what they would consider the milestone activities right okay so they weren't bad at understanding that hey we have a new rfq yeah let's enter the details into the crm okay and eventually that's going to progress to a close one close loss yeah yeah the problem being there's 50 steps in between there that also provide value and none of that was going in there right okay. so it was like the point 0.1 to point 0.10 and then we missed all of those other points so the challenge number one was the the reiteration that all activities need to be logged if it's related to the job at hand. Okay. The meetings need to be logged. Yeah. The calls need to be logged. Yeah. The emails need to be recorded. Okay. That was the hands down the number one challenge was that lack of understanding. To overcome that challenge, we integrated, uh, which everyone should do if they're on, um, I guess, any uh, CRM system, we integrated it with their email. Yeah. Um, so that instead of requiring them to log into the CRM, they could use, uh, they were on 365. Yeah. Um, so they could be in Outlook. Yeah. And we showed them how to uh, log their emails and their activity right from Outlook and still have it be sent to the CRM from a, a communication and activity standpoint and a meeting standpoint. That was the number one challenge, hands okay. down. Another challenge was the understanding of um, lead qualification. Okay. And that just because um, a lead is qualified, yeah, they they still they take a different path in in certain cases. Yeah. And these individuals weren't necessarily comfortable with earlier stage leads and even if they were qualified to yeah. process them through an entire sales process. Yeah. Once the roadblock uh, was raised of any sort of education or nurturing or yeah. anything, it, it just essentially stopped. It was a, this is a roadblock that they did not want to overcome. And that ultimately was one where we had to go around the sales team and not around the sales team in a in a bad way. Yeah. But we looked at, you know, how can we take the software and support the sales team where they didn't have to be um, as involved through some automation tools. Okay. So we were sure that they were assigned the appropriate leads, regardless yeah. of whether it was um, the product line that it was going through or yeah. the geography. And we created the emails in the system that would go from the sales rep that did the follow-up for them. They never touched it. It looked like a plain text email. Yeah. Um, it came from the sales rep at the organization. That was the only way around that one. Um, they weren't doing any nurturing themselves, any sort of uh, education. So we made the system work for them. There were definitely some challenges with that as well, uh, just because the the sales teams didn't fully comprehend that other things were happening. They were they they weren't understanding that these automated things were happening. So there were times where they might try to take a line of communication uh, with the uh, the prospect on the other end while the system, you know, was kind of at the same time communicating, yeah. uh, which caused 
just com communication confusion. So I think, you know, the ultimate thing that anyone should do if they were faced with that situation is uh, to make sure that there's a complete understanding of all of these different activities that are happening with the prospects. And so that the technology can understand when a sales rep, a human takes over yeah. and it, it stops any sort of automation that's happening behind the scenes because it's, it's not clear to them. And, and someone that's not comfortable with technology isn't going to be able to just dive into the CRM and say, oh, I realized that they received you know, this automation on this date, this automation on this date. It needs to be clear and easy for them to understand uh, what is happening. I would say the final, while there were a ton of major challenges, the final challenge with this with this org organization was once you get into the sales process, yeah. at that point in time, there are sales stages, um, the pipeline stages were too subjective Okay, because you would have certain reps that would move something from stage two to stage three in a yeah. different manner then another rep was moving something from stage two yeah. to stage three. Just, there was just too much gray area yeah. in between when a prospect met these different milestones. Yeah. Which, you know, I guess would make sense if your overall sales process that we built this around was yeah. also subjective and also had gray areas. Yeah. So for that, we had to completely overhaul the pipeline stages Yeah. Um, so that they were entirely objective. Okay. You know, there were no questions as to whether this was moving from stage two to stage three. Okay. Uh, to support that, we changed the actual stages in the pipeline in the software, but then we required uh, certain um, properties to be filled out, questions okay. to be answered um, upon moving something to a specific stage. And it could not be moved unless they could check the box for X, Y, and Z. And yeah. only at that point could it be moved from stage two uh, to stage three. Those were the major uh, challenges with a team. And I, I don't want to downplay that because they were significant challenges that took a lot to, <laughs> to overcome. All of the other challenges, and I guess this should be something that someone should be aware of, were on a user-by-user -user basis. Yeah. And they were small things, Yeah. but small things that need to be addressed or again, you're just causing frustration. So these are more like technical type of changes, like uh, their Outlook and HubSpot disconnected and they needed to just log into them. Yeah. Which, you know, small challenge for me, Yeah. Uh, big challenge for someone else. Yeah. Um, so to overcome those types of things, my number one recommendation is to create a, a short video of like, if your HubSpot gets disconnected from your Outlook extension, here's how you log back in and set it back up. Yeah. A lot of little changes like that, that I think any business owner should be aware that they're going to happen, yeah. but it doesn't mean everything is a failure and you should go back and find something else. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, obviously, I mean, this is great. Uh, you know, the challenges are going to be there from the learning perspective, as well as from the compliance perspective. So let's say, even if you create a framework as of today, you teach all of the five, 10 salespeople, whoever were there in the organization, let's say tomorrow, uh, there are going to be two new salespeople, unless you they really get the hang of the process, uh, it's going to be really hard to meet that compliance, uh, especially, you know, if it is going to be, if your KPIs are going to be so tied to how the process is really built, right? 
so that's great. Obviously, those are those challenges are going to be there. But I am still not sure how this resulted in the overarching sales because your original premise was that you know their their sales were really stalled and they did not really have a path forward in terms of what they could do in terms of these sales. So what were the specific strategies that were employed to make sure they actually met the sales goals and they had better understanding of the market? Because one of the things that they are going to get from this exercise, my understanding is going to be, they'll have deeper understanding of the market. They'll have deeper understanding of, you know, where they are able to sell, where they are not able to sell, right? So do you want to go a little specific in terms of what were the reasons in the pre-CRM process where they just didn't know whatever they didn't know and they were doing something without any clue. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I think that that's a great point, Sam. Pre-having a software in place, it's more on relying of, I remember I had this conversation with so-and-so, you know, two years ago, six months ago, whatever the timeframe and and diving back into Outlook emails and trying to resurface communication from remembering. Yeah. that a conversation happened yeah. or remembering that, you know, there was a good opportunity for X, Y, Z, right? Yeah. But then you're, you're, you're digging through Outlook and you're re- requiring that person to remember that this opportunity ever existed yeah. or that somebody ever inquired about something. Yeah. So you mentioned KPIs and reporting. So yeah. that was one of the key factors. If we said, if the sales team needs to be our goal is growth, right? Our goal is sales. Our goal is lead. We need yeah. to be putting these people that they need to be spending their time with in front of them. Yeah. So we created dashboards for the sales team yeah. where you have your basic dashboard of new leads that came in right? Yeah. Uh, via the website, via whatever yeah. means that were. Yeah. So they were in front of them on a regular basis. Yeah. Uh, we also created dashboards for any qualified leads. So people that made it past a specific stage. Um, so they were, uh, in this case, we did use uh, MQL, SQL, or marketing qualified, sales qualified lead. Yeah. And we tied that to last follow-up or last okay. activity. So the sales rep had a report where they could say, here's my qualified leads that have had no communication from me in specific timeframes. We had a 30-day report, 60-day report. And then I think it went up to like a six month report or something like that, where it was slightly longer timeframes. Yeah. Now they, instead of remembering, we had this conversation with someone at some point in time, and then we dig through Outlook. Now they had dashboards of, these are the people that have already made it past a certain stage. We know we could work with them. We know they have a need, Yeah. but there's been lack of communication. Now let's move on. Uh, to uh, communicate with these individuals. So that's on the like day-to-day rep side of things. Yeah. yeah. We also created um, dashboards for the executive team that were emailed to them uh, on a Monday, every Monday morning. That was a sales report that compared the sales uh, activity year-to-date, quarter-to-date, uh, month-to-date, you know, the KPIs that were important to them. And we also imported deals from a previous, from their ERP that were even previous, the CRM. Yeah. So that they could have year over year data as to here's where we were last March. Here's where we are this March. Um, and also aligned those with their sales goals. So they had a chart, the sales team that would get mailed to them of where they needed to be at the end of the year. And I believe it was around uh, 20 million or something for this yeah. uh, manufacturing company. Yeah. So on a 
monthly basis, you know, the line said, here's where we need to be if we're going to achieve our uh, 20 million in uh, revenue for the year. Yeah. That included new leads. So we separated, this is where we need net new customers, new jobs, right? Towards here. But yeah. we also, as I mentioned, we're looking at in production revenue as well. So these yeah. jobs that were producing revenue on an ongoing basis, they didn't need necessarily the sales team to drive a new conversation. We just need to have to make sure that it was still happening. Yeah. Uh, we incorporated those dashboards for the executive team uh, as well so that they can make sure that they were on track. And if levers needed to move, yeah. um, if team members needed to be pushed, that information was front and center and always available Yeah. and something that was coming to them without them having to ask. I think that those were the key drivers Along with any sort of like, you have to have some strategy to keep leads coming in. That's aside from CRM, you know, yeah. that there was a marketing component yeah. where, you know, we were focusing on driving leads, but not necessarily tied specific to CRM need. Okay, amazing. So, uh, you know, do you have any specific underlying reasons what was happening in the pre-CRM phase versus the post CRM phase. So when you talk about, okay, I was not getting enough sales. Obviously now I have a bunch of data, a bunch of, you know, dashboard. I can tweak my planning. I can probably, uh, you know, provide different kind of, you know, pricing and discounting strategy depending upon how my sales are going. So obviously, you know, I have far more information. Did you have any sort of, did you hear any sort of shocking experiences from them that, you know what, this is something I didn't know. And now I am able to get this overall from the sales result perspective that maybe my price was you know, too high and that could be the reason why customers were not really buying or they were not really returning. So did you have any sort of you know, experiences there with the executives that, you know, that was really surprising for them after the implementation? Yeah, there was a few things uh, as it relates to that. So they were starting to track closed lost uh, reasons yeah. um, as they were quoting deals, uh, which they had never had that insight before and did find that they were losing pretty much all of their deals to, uh, to price. Okay. Something, you know, in the, uh, in the metals industry, you don't have all of the control over because you're looking at the price of, of steel. Yeah, uh, you're looking at freight costs. Yeah, they're not controlling those. Yeah, uh, right. So it's it, it came down to a factor of a lot of business was not only being lost to price, but also location to them. Yeah, um, as it relates to well, freight just costed us out of this one. Uh, yeah, priced us out of this one. Yeah, um, that was data that they didn't really have before because they weren't consistently tracking closed lost reasons. Yeah, they made assumptions. Right. But yeah. it was never tracked in that particular avenue. Another scenario that happened that shed light by having this data was at one point in time, they had never done like a overarching price increase of current customers. Okay. Yet the price of steel uh, was increasing incrementally. It was steel goes up and down. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you don't address your pricing, um, yeah. you're not profitable. Yeah. So they did a major sweep of. Uh, price increases. They used the CRM to send out all of these emails using yeah. a template yeah. uh, from the CRM, which is yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, and we're able to see an increase in revenue and show that revenue um, visually and you know, from the data from their price increase and also did not see any um, uh, people leave because of that, you know, the overarching price increase. It was 
it is what it is. You know, people understand that the steel prices are the steel prices. Yeah. Has to happen eventually. But this having the data in front of front of them, I think made them more comfortable because they had a more solid forecast that they could see. Yeah. They understood their pipeline much better. Yeah. Which they never had before. Which if if I'm the business owner in that point and I don't see that and I'm all of this is just a guess, yeah, I'm probably gonna be pretty hesitant to send out some communication to my entire client base that's like, hey, we're going to raise prices. Yep. Because what if it goes the wrong way? Yep. Right. Yep. 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 So those were two of the major things that I think happened. One of the other interesting things with this organization yeah. that was really cool to see tied to CRM and marketing was they were able to pick up a new customer. Okay. That uh, wasn't just one customer. This was a new customer that um, had, I want to say 43 different lines, um, that they brought on for our client. Okay. They actually had to open a new facility, oh, wow. um, to, uh, be able to manage the volumes that were coming from there. Yeah. All of those volumes, um, all of those new jobs were being sent through the CRM, yeah. uh, through the pipeline. Yeah. And, it increased revenue revenue drastically, as you can imagine, you know, going from zero to 43 new lines in a matter of, there was some onboarding, but you can imagine the, the impact to revenue. But it was, it was cool to be able to see um, the impact that something that, that, like that can have and yeah. actually be able to visualize it and highlight maybe where their struggles were as well. Um, whether it was uh, delayed POs, delayed delivery, delayed shipment, yeah. um, issues with lines being down yeah. was, yeah. A, was a consistent um, thing that ERP information could see that. Yeah. Um, but their CRM prior to something like that, just they obviously had no CRM before. Yeah. And then prior to having something where everything was running through there, you couldn't really see that. So it kind of gave them a, a more holistic view as to how everything was doing yeah, yeah. Um, as opposed to just either guessing or looking at in-production revenue. Okay. Um, so let's talk about the metal industry. So was this the first time you guys worked in this industry or did you have experience working before it? Uh, what other unique things that you see in case of your metal industry that you don't see in the other markets? You know what? Metal industry has been something for for whatever reason, we have a strong foothold in the, the metal industry's world. Amazing. I guess what we've seen across the board is there's consistent patterns. Okay. We have another client in the metal manufacturing world. They've been a client of ours for a long time. Great client. One yeah. of our favorites to work with. You know, the people are great. Yeah. A um, little bit smaller. I think the sales team um, is only maybe four to five uh, individuals. Okay. They came from ACT. Um, they had been using ACT on a local server yeah. <laughs> uh, for their CRM for pretty much forever. Okay. Um, and their challenges were, A, uh, they couldn't access it from anywhere. Okay. Uh, it was all on the local server and they had no mobile access. Yeah. Um, the systems, the ACT systems, because it was such a legacy system that was customized for their business, they weren't updating their ACT with where ACT was going yeah. at the time. Yeah. Um, so there were constant, like, just little technical struggles 
uh, where things just weren't working as they should or as they had at one point in time because they were outgrowing the system. Technology was outgrowing yeah. the system. So we had a sa- similar process with them, yeah. um, honestly, where we looked at the, uh, the, the CRM, decided HubSpot was the best. They started with free. Now they have all of the hubs. Honestly, the biggest challenge was with them was the data. Okay. The data migration from ACT to HubSpot was a challenge, partially just because of the way the data was stored in their ACT system. Yeah. Uh, not very consistent, not easy to export and then import into another system. Yeah. Um, and there was no integration capabilities at that time. This was six, seven years ago, six years ago, maybe. Yeah. And then the to add to that, the amount of legacy data that just was in their system that just was either inaccurate, the people don't work there anymore, the people are retired, the company doesn't exist anymore. That was a huge, huge uphill battle. Yeah. Just making sure that the data integrity was there so that they could feasibly like, all right, we're going to turn off ACT. We're going to move and in, in be solely on HubSpot. Took time. I would say there was a six to eight month we're running simultaneously in ACT and we're running simultaneously in HubSpot before they were comfortable with now we're done with this. Yeah. And I would say, I'm going to speak for them. I'm going to say it's probably like from a tech perspective, the best move that they have ever done. They actually use the system. Uh, they use it real time, uh, meaning, you know, it's not like a weekly dump of a bunch of data that they're putting in there. They're using it from their mobile devices. They're using it from um, their computers. All of the people are using it and they are building out uh, with our support ROI reports uh, from all channels. So they see what what their return on investment is for their trade show channels, uh, for their organic channels, for any sort of paid channels. They've got a comprehensive KPI report. I couldn't imagine trying to build that on their ACT system and having any sort of like accuracy or visibility into that. So I that trend has been so consistent in the metal manufacturing world. It's almost shocking. Like you could almost copy and paste and say, we know what the, the issues and the challenges are going to be. Uh, so you should anticipate or expect them. Okay, amazing. So that's it for today, Josh. Do you have any last minute closing thoughts or remarks for our listeners? Yeah, I guess my, my last minute closing remarks is change is hard, especially when it comes to something that you're using every day. But if there are struggles, if there are um, points where you're, you think that you should probably consider something new or consider a change, do something about it. Have a conversation with someone. Talk to someone like Sam. Talk to someone like myself. And just determine the feasibility of that, because if you don't and you just kind of go the pace or the path just because, it just doesn't make sense. Um, just have the conversation. Okay, amazing. And my personal takeaway from this conversation is going to be whenever you are going to be onboarding any sort of CRM or any other tools, uh, the understanding, the appreciation uh, needs to be there for the tool. And all of these stakeholders, including the executives, need to be aligned with that. Unless you have commitment and the involvement from all the parties, uh, it's probably not going to work. On that note, Josh, I really want to thank you for your time. 
this has been a powerful conversation. Thank you, Sam. I really appreciate it. I appreciate you having me on the show and I will uh, talk CRM and, and technology with you all day. Amazing. Thank you so much. Thanks. I cannot thank our guests enough for coming on the show, for sharing their knowledge and journey. I always pick up learnings from our guests and hopefully you learned something new today. If you want to learn more about Josh or book an intro meeting, head over to protocol80.com. It's P-R-O-T-O-C-O-L-8-0.com. Links and more information will also be available in the show notes. If anything in this podcast resonated with you and your business, you might want to check other related episodes, including the interview with Jill Walker, who discusses why CRM is important and how that fits among other systems such as ERP and e-commerce. Also, the interview with Shemaz Ruiz Earl, who discusses the core reasons for the low adoption of CRM systems among sales teams. Also, don't forget to subscribe and respect the word among folks with similar backgrounds. If you have any questions or comments about the show, please review and rate us on your favorite podcasting platform or DM me on any social channels. I'll try my best to respond personally and make sure you get help. Thank you and I hope to catch you on the next episode of the WBS Podcast. Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.